Hello, hello. How are you doing today? I have a special guest, and this guest today reminds me a lot of what used to happen to me for years. And for years and years, I suffered from headaches that were just like, take me down, debilitating, couldn't think, you know, it's just the kind of headaches that just stop you in your tracks for days and days. And when I heard that Dr. Meg Mill was interested in coming on and chatting with us about headaches, I was super interested. So even if you don't have like consistent crazy headaches, Dr. Mill is going to talk about not just headaches, but you know the whole body, functional medicine, and how it all comes together. And I think you're going to find this very, very interesting. Thank you so much for being here. Hey there, Kelly here, and thank you so much for joining us today. I am honored to have you here. If you're looking for tips, habit shifts, and shortcuts to fitness consistency and the freedom that feeling great brings, you're in the right place. As the fitness consistency coach with a touch of adventure, I've been helping smart, busy women embrace fitness and long-term freedom for over 20 years. I am so glad you're here. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and, and what functional medicine is? Sure. Yes. So I'm Dr. Meg Mill and I have a virtual functional medicine practice. So I see people all over the world. And what we do in functional medicine is we really look into the root cause and we look at connections. I'm going to say sometimes to people, it's like we're becoming detectives um, of their bodies because we're really connecting all the dots and looking at you as a whole person and looking at your symptoms and, and how each thing that's happening to you is often connected. And I think in conventional medicine, we often put things into buckets more like, okay, we're going to look at the GI system. We're going to look at hormones. We're going to look at headache, like neurology and all these different things. And then they're not always communicating and connecting with each other. So what we're trying to do is, is make all those connections, look at you as a whole person, and then really looking once we find that root cause of restoring balance and your natural ability to heal. I uh, see. You know, I love that actually about functional medicine, because it's so true. You go to a doctor and it's one thing and one thing only. When we're actually all the things, right? And it is all connected. It's like, it's the hip bones connected to the leg bone, right? <laughs> but it doesn't seem like that's normally how it happens. So I really appreciate you being here to talk with us today. Um, so before we dive into headaches, can we talk just briefly about well, let me ask you if this plays into the role briefly about hormones, because I have a feeling that, that that hormones also play a part of this, but that also it's one of those things where um, we're thinking about it. Like women start thinking about hormones and they start thinking about it, whether they're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or whatever, they're affected in different ways. So can you just like touch on just a tad bit? And then I really want to dive into the headaches hormones are a role actually in headaches too. So that is one of the components that we'll look into when we're talking about headaches, particularly for people that are getting those cyclical headaches 
that are um, either an ovulation or before they start their period. But we're just, uh, we are starting that conversation more, which is great about hormones in general and how they do affect. And, and we're all going to go through changes in our hormones. So I like to say it's really not a condition. It's just natural, but we do experience mm-hmm. symptoms because of the natural change in our hormones through our life that, that can be uncomfortable. And that once we can really dial in and manage them, we can really make a change and feel so much better in all of these processes as we go through life. Um, Now, I think something that happens that people aren't aware of is that actually when you're looking at like a perimetopause, menopause state, hormones start to change sometimes earlier than we even are expecting them to. So just being aware of how you're feeling, of your progesterone can drop earlier than your estrogen, which can potentially make you estrogen dominant for a longer time than you think until estrogen sort of wears out through menopause. So I think just being in tune with your body and and recognizing that there's so many things you can do to help balance hormones. And you actually do hormonal testing, don't you? I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and just for everybody listening, we will link to um, Dr. Meg's site and all the notes in the show, everything in the show notes. So you'll be fine. And um, sorry, I just called you Dr. Meg because that's what that's I call great. my doctor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. So let's talk about headaches for just a minute. Um, so why are you really passionate about working with headaches and people well, who what- are dealing with it? Yeah, absolutely. So when I opened my functional medicine practice, I started noticing a commonality, particularly among women. So whenever we're in functional medicine, I'm I'm dealing with all sorts of different health issues. But whenever people were coming to me, I do a really detailed intake questionnaire and symptom questionnaire the first time we meet. And whether someone was coming to me because they had headaches or for another reason, I just kept seeing this pattern of so many women suffering from headaches long-term. And they would say just almost normalize it, like feel that, mm-hmm. okay, I just have yeah. headaches. It's just a part of my life. I'm taking medication for them when they have pain. And it, it could also have been leading to other health issues. So once we started working together, then they were starting to say, oh my gosh, I don't have, I, I can't even, I couldn't even imagine this. My headaches are gone. I no longer suffer. And I just started to realize that this is something that's so common and really not talked about a lot. Like we're starting to talk about hormones more. We're starting to talk about gut health more, but people are just being told they have to suffer with headaches. And so I became passionate to let people know that this isn't something that you have to suffer. There's so many things we can do to eliminate the headaches. You know, and I mean, as someone who like, I have been very fortunate, I suffered for years, never being able to figure out what would, you know, what was going on. This was, oh gosh, this is probably 20 years ago now. And, um, and I just eventually, Alcarum. I don't know what happened. Maybe hormone change. I don't know what happened. Eventually I got past it, but, but it was, it was actually a part of who I was at the time, which is crazy to think about it. But, you know, I was someone who just lived with headaches. And so I was always in pain and to know that you can change that and change it consistently is, is really empowering. Absolutely. You know? And um, so Back in the day when I had headaches all the time, I couldn't, I never really found anything that worked, but do you have like conventional things that you um, talk to people about using for their headaches or how do you normally um, approach it? 
So we sort of flip the, the model upside down when we're talking about headaches. So conventionally, what you're going to usually have is medication to treat your pain. So you have the headaches, they're just covering it up. Um, where when, when I work with people with headaches, we're trying to find the root cause. So we're actually looking for what's causing the headache and we're trying to eliminate the headache rather than having to treat the pain. So we look at things in their life like you know, all sorts of different things and connecting the dots. Um, you know, we're going to look at food. We're going to look at sleep. We're going to look at stress. We're going to look at hormones, you know, your underlying gut issues and piece those all together. And when we can make all those connections about what's actually creating that symptom of having a headache, we can get the headaches to go away without having to take the medication. So it's just a different model really that we're trying to do to eliminate the headaches rather than treat the pain of them. And that comes right back to what you said in the very beginning, which is, you know, dealing with people as a whole instead of like a certain thing. Because I did, like at the time, I did go to a doctor and it, basically they gave me, I don't even remember, like all the medication and the stuff that you shouldn't be taking, right? Like that, whenever it was, I don't think it was that unusual to give somebody, I don't remember what it was, but some sort of really serious pain pill and go, here, just take this. And so the idea of actually treating it as, as something that's a whole makes so much more sense to me, <laughs> so much, so much more sense than just taking a, some, another prescription, right? So you mentioned several things, but one of the things you mentioned was diet. How does diet play such a big role in headaches? So we know that um, there are different foods that have that we know from studies that are, can trigger headaches for various functional reasons in your body. So we want to look first at food groups, and we look at groups like tyramine-containing foods, caffeine. Caffeine's tricky because sometimes people are even taking medication to treat headaches with caffeine. But if you have um, a withdrawal, you can actually get a rebound from cat, you know, from the caffeine withdrawal can cause the headache too. And then we look at like MSG foods with salicylate, histamine foods. And so there's these food groups that we know potentially can trigger headaches for various reasons. Um, now the tricky part for people with headaches are that not every one of these foods cause headaches for every person. And so it's really about getting to know your particular triggers because it, and almost the threshold of when you're triggered. So I am going to use the example of wine because people will often say, Oh, I had a glass of wine and I didn't have a headache, but then I had another, another time I did and I did. So it does, must not be the wine. And that's not, necessarily the case because sometimes if you drank wine with another tyramine containing food like an aged cheese, you can put yourself at a threshold where you're actually getting the headache from the combination of foods. And so um, really dialing into what I like to have people do that you, you're that the listeners can do um, in a simple step is actually print out a calendar and then you write down the foods that you ate the day you had the headache and the day before and because we can have delayed food reactions up to 40 eight hours after. And so that way you're getting a, um, an idea of the connection of some foods. And once you start to see that pattern, you may even be able to start to see like, okay, you know, every time I have citrus containing foods, I end up with a headache. And, and we're not even thinking when you're eating that citrus food, that it's a good food for you. There's a lot of nutrient values, but that might be triggering your headache. Um, 
And then there's another additional component um, with when it comes to food sensitivities, and that's individual. So when you're having food sensitivities, you're actually, you're getting an immune response to foods that your body is sensitive to. So we dial into individual food sensitivities too. So it can feel like when I'm working with people, um, it can feel like a lot at first to get comfortable with understanding it. And then once, but once you do, it, it happens quickly. You know, we look at these foods. We, I say, don't eliminate them all. And maybe you do it for a short period of time and then put them back in. So you get an idea of which foods are triggering you. But once you can dial into which food you're getting triggered from, it, it can really make such a difference for people. Yeah, no, that's, that's such a good point. I mean, I know like for myself, because I, I can only speak for myself, I will get headaches from chocolate. Mm-hmm. End of story, chocolate makes me sick. So I just, you know, it's one of those things that eventually I figured it out because I don't eat it enough or I don't eat it so much that it was a consistent, but, you know, eating just a little bit and boom, headache. So you're right though. It's just, it's, all of us are so different Mm -hmm. and it's so intriguing to me how just, I don't know, like you're, you're the, you're the specialist, the one, you know, how each of us just works individually in a different way. And it can't just all be put in the same bucket. So um, a question. So what do you like, we started to talk about hormones earlier, but I guess they're like hormonal headaches. So what do you, how do you know when you're having that? And what do you do for people who that's where they're at? They're having a hormonal headache more than anything. Yes. So generally the most common reasons for hormonal headaches are estrogen dominance or a rapid change in estrogen. And so we typically, now that everybody's like, we're saying everyone's different. So we're really dialing into each unique person, but the typical pattern for that is to know if you have a headache at ovulation, or if you're getting the headaches right before or right around the start of your period. So we see women often that will say, oh my, every month I know I'm going to get the headache when I ovulate or every month I get the headache right before my period. And, And that's typically hormonal related. And so that would be right before your period because your estrogen, your progesterone may be dropping faster than your estrogen, leaving you in that estrogen dominant place. And sometimes for people during perimetopods, it can get worse because your your ovaries are trying to still make estrogen. They they're still, and sometimes we can get this up and down of estrogen where you're you're they're just still trying to work hard and and you get more bursts in some ways. It can be a little bit more erratic. And so um really working on things that help with estrogen dominance can be a great first step. So besides the fact that our body makes estrogen and there are reasons why we can have more or less estrogen in our body, we're also exposed to a lot of estrogens around us that we're not considering. And so really like something you can just do is take a look at your environment and really make sure you're eating grass-fed, hormone-free meat and dairy Mm. so that you're not getting any extra hormones in your food. Uh, Things like BPA and plastics and just switching to glass containers, particularly people will heat the plastics. And once we heat that BPA, it can make the molecules change and leach more into our food. So really just not, you know, switching over like 
to glass is real is a way to get those down. You know, looking at your personal care products, I tell people just to replace it can be expensive to go in and replace all your personal care products, but our skin is like a giant mouth. So I say, you know, look at what you're using. We have a lot of right. hidden products. And so right. we can replace them one at a time. You know, so each time you're done with a bottle, get something that's more natural. You can go to um the environmental working group, ewg.org, and they have a lot of that's a great website to know if products are clean. It's a great reference. That is a great site. EWG, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to link to that in the show notes because you're right. I had completely forgotten about that, but it's a great site to let you know what is in your products. So yes, you can put your product in, it will give it a rating. So then you yeah. know, like, okay, you know what, should I be considering something that has less chemicals that could have, they're called xenoestrogens that are in these products and we can be bombarded by them in different ways and that we're not even aware of. So once we clean up our environment, each step we take can, now we, we can dig further. Like you were saying, I do hormone testing. And so we look, hormones are all about balance. So what we're really doing is looking at all of your hormones, how they're in, with in relation to each other, how they're metabolized, all of those. And then we can do that and actually really dial in and balance, but making those changes are just, is a great first step. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We're going to have to have you back and talk about hormones too, because it's such a huge thing. Like Mm -hmm. people, a lot of times think that hormones are something that, that happened to you and then you get to menopause and you're done. And (laughs) not so. No. Yes. So there's another thing that comes up in in headaches. And I'm pretty sure that for me, this was one of the one of the triggers for my headaches in the past is stress. Are you seeing more people with headaches now after this whole pandemic situation? Or is it just still the same? And are you seeing a lot more clients with stress? And how does it affect your headaches? Well, I think, yes, I think everybody has a high stress load. It's It's been a crazy last few years. And, and so, um, you know, when it comes to headache, stress affects everything. So, you know, it's like when you're looking at, at every different aspect, you want to look at, at people's stress levels and how that's contributing. But what even gets more complicated is there are different types of stress and stress can, in addition to being our emotional stress, it can also be biological too. So the pain mm. from a headache can also cause stress on the body, which can increase your prolactin levels, which can increase your pain sensitivity, which can, you know, increase your stress. And so we can- Right, so it's a cycle. Yes, this chain of pain. And so you are in this cycle of stress that's causing more stress. And and so what we really do need to do is work on bringing your body back into what we call the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's where we rest and digest. So our, our sympathetic nervous system is our fight and flight where we're, we're stressed, we're ready to run. And biologically it's doing things like sending blood to our limbs and in all these various functions in our body. And we want to work on bringing ourselves back to that place where we can rest and digest. So I really do think like, you know, I say even take a few minutes a day and practice deep breathing. We know we can use our breath to bring us back into the parasympathetic nervous system or really what resonates with you. I think it's different for everyone. I can say to someone, okay, you need to do this, this, and you know, you need to meditate, do gratitude journaling and, you know, be in nature. And, and, and that may work for someone, but it might not be the way that someone else manages their stress or de-stress. Right. So it's individual. And so finding what resonates with you and just 
doing something that brings you back into that calm place every day is really important. Okay. So here's a question about that. Bringing you back to that calm place every day. Is it like something that you do, it's one and done? Or is it when people hit like a stress level, do they need to do it again? Like, what is your recommendation? So that's a good question. So what I tell people actually is to, so if we're working on something like deep breathing exercises, I actually say that you, I want you to practice this so that when you're stressed, you have this tool to use to bring yourself back into that calm place, because you're right. You're not, you know, you're practicing your deep breathing or your meditation or something and you're Zen, you're very, you feel very good. And then something happens and you're, you know, the stress level goes up. But when we practice those methods, we have that, we build that tool to be able to use those, those methods to bring ourselves back to a calm place when we reach that stress point. Yeah, that's a, it's such a good point. And it's, it's like, I'm thinking, what do you, when you work with clients, do you have let me, let me give you an example. So I'm a meditator. I'm pretty zen. I get in the car. I get in the traffic in Houston, Texas. I turn into an animal. Like I'm a completely different and not a nice animal. So, you know, I have learned over the years to, to when I get to that place, start, you know, either breathing or if I'm really sitting in traffic, I can close my eyes for a couple of minutes, whatever it is. But it, it's been a, a long-term process for me to learn on my own how to notice when I'm getting triggered so that I start using the things that I know to use. So do you have a way to suggest to your clients even before they get there? Like, like is there a suggestion? Does that make sense? Like, to me, it's yeah, like- no, I agree. You know, like, you know, you're yeah. recognizing that the traffic is a trigger for you. And so like, yeah. you know, what you, I guess what you start to realize is that your thoughts- that you're, what you're thinking, they're just thoughts. So, you know, whether you're sitting in traffic and you're thinking, I'm going to be late, this is terrible, I'm wasting my time here, I, you know, or you're sitting there thinking like, oh, I'm just relaxing in my car and and here I am. It, it doesn't change your situation. It just affects the way you're feeling. So I think recognizing, and, and meditation helps with this because we recognize in meditation that we recognize thoughts and we're able to push our thoughts away. So really recognizing that those are thoughts and, and then think, you know, these are recognizing that those are just thoughts and that you can change them. So you they're not in control of you, you're in control of them. And so you have the power to change those at any point and bring yourself back into a calm place. So you would say like in functional medicine, then it's not just the body, but it's also the body, the mind, the soul, bringing it all together and teaching people to really be cognizant of it. Absolutely. We're all connected. (laughs) We are, right? (laughs) Every bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So let me, um, real quick, you have a, um, before, before we sign off, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting rid of you yet, but um, you have a gift for the listeners today. And it was seven steps to getting rid of headaches. There's, a, there's eight in there, but yes, so I there. have eight steps to end headaches naturally. And it just, it's a great guide to get started to, you know, look through and see things that you can do right now just to get started, to start ending your headaches. Um, and you can go to it's www.helpmyheadaches.com. 
to get that nice. guide and you can download that guide and um yeah and start today there's just a lot of things that we can do and have the power to in our own life to recognize that it's just not I, I just want to get the word out that it's just not something that you have to live with <laughs> you don't have to do what i did right <laughs> yeah you don't have to i years so it's helpmyheadache.com we will absolutely link to it in the show notes of course but in case you're driving and listening, that one's pretty easy. Help my headache.com. <laughs> and is there anything else that you'd like to share before we sign off today? So I I have um, a program that's specifically geared towards headaches. So in eliminating headaches and living without them. And I run that live um, a few times a year. I, I don't have it open right now, but will in a few months, you may be listening to this at any time. So maybe when you're listening, it's open. Um, but that you can find that at happinessbeyondheadaches.com and get more information. If you are someone that has suffered for a, a long time and just would like to have the roadmap, have the guidance, walk with me, walk me, have me walk you through and get rid of right. them and need a direction. That's another place. And I actually, another thing is I actually just started my own podcast called a little bit healthier. It just launched. Nice. And, and yes. And in that we're talking about things that you can do every day in your life just to, to live a little bit healthier because I think we often also think that we, you know, we need that doctor. We need that person to tell us how to, to live healthier. And we have so much power in ourselves. So I want people mm -hmm. to know there's things you can do every day to be healthier and live a, a more fulfilled life. That's awesome. And we will link, we'll link to all of it in the show notes. So your new podcast, your medicine or your headache uh, program, and then also the download that they can get just to get started. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it because for myself, I wish I'd known you 20 years ago, but as somebody who has been through this, I'm so, so grateful that you're here to help people because it's such a big piece, such a big stressor in life. Well, thank you so much.